Support for this podcast comes from HireVue. HireVue's team acceleration software combines digital video with deep learning analytics to help companies build and coach the world's best teams. Team acceleration software is a modern digital answer to antiquated recruiting and training software that has placed barriers and bias in the way of finding, selecting and coaching a company's most important asset, its people. Visit HireVue.com, that's spelled H-I-R-E-V-U-E, to learn how organisations like Vodafone, Unilever, Nike, Red Bull, IBM and JP Morgan Chase are modernising the way they work. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 72 of the Recruiting Future podcast. So we haven't had a new episode of the show for a couple of weeks. I'm currently writing a book at the moment, collaborating with my good friend Mervyn Dinnan, and it's taken a lot of my focus in the past few weeks. It's now nearly done and is being published in the UK and the US next May. And I'm sure I'll be telling you a lot more about it in the new year. So, on to this week's show and a return to the topic of candidate experience. There's a lot of talk at the moment about treating candidates as customers. But what happens when your candidates actually are your customers? My guest this week is Ben Gledhill, Talent Acquisition Manager at Retailer Sophology. In the interview, Ben gives some brilliant practical insights into how to audit and improve your candidate experience. Hi, Ben, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. So um, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you work for? Yeah, of course, can. So uh, my name's Ben. Um, Got over 11 years experience working in various forms of recruitment, agency side, RPO and uh, later on, internal recruitment, talent acquisition. Um, I'm currently the talent acquisition manager for Sophology, um, who some of um, our listeners might know formally as CSO and SofaWorks. Um, I've been basically brought in here to help us on our journey from a uh, out-and-out sofa retailer to a full omni-channel retailer. So we're taking the best that digital and te- uh, technology has to offer um, and bring that into the world of selling sofas to give the customers the best uh, the best possible journey that they uh, that they have. That's uh, that's really interesting. Um, what 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 challenges do you have in in doing that? Because I'm guessing you're sort of mixing um, retail challenges with um, you know digital recruitment challenges as well. We are, yeah. So, you know, without um, wanting to knock the soft industry, it's not seen as a very sexy industry to work in by the people that we are wanting to hire. So if we go back maybe 12, 24 months, our IT team was probably about three or four guys in a broom cupboard. Now it's about 30 strong. We have a team of developers, testers, um, 3D graphic designers, all these type of kind of cool, funky millennial types. Um, and my biggest challenge from an attraction perspective is to say, don't go and work for that cool startup or that cool tech company. 
come and work for a retailer making 3D images of uh, sofas. So that, that's very much from an attraction perspective. Um, that, that's probably the, the kind of biggest challenge that we have at this moment. And how, um, what, what have you done to sort of overcome that? What, um, what, what's, what's worked for you really well? in that area okay well luckily um, both our cto and our ceo are not only champions of technology but really cool technology so our software development um, is done in all the latest microsoft stacks uh, which is really important to um, other developers out there and when it comes to attracting our 3d and graphic design um, candidates we've invested a hell of a lot in 3d imagery um, really cool technology that kind of uh, formula one uh, car designers use as well so when they come in um, you know we don't have that much of a challenge of selling opportunities it's just attracting them from the more bigger kind of cooler uh, technology companies out there so I know that you have had um, a kind of a massive focus on um, improving and optimizing and understanding your your, your candidate experience. Um, why uh, why did you uh, why did you sort of come to the conclusion that candidate experience was was so important? Well, I guess um, I, I guess two things really, Matt. I, I think the first thing, you know, it's something that's very kind of um, sacred to me, really. I, you know, having been a candidate many occasions, you know, some good and bad. So I think that was the first thing. But secondly, you know, I think in today's world where um, your employer brand um, is so important, um, candidates have access to various bits of information, whether it's Glassdoor, Twitter, Facebook, or even speaking to fellow professionals. Professionals at a networking event, you know, the the experience that a candidate has during the journey, whether it's reading a review, um, a video interviewing, or even the onboarding process, it has to be absolutely world class in its delivery. Because if not, um, if they are rejected, for example, they will go and bash your brand. I think I've heard a few people say, or um, if they're successful and the journey hasn't been good, well, the start of the employee journey already on the back foot. So for us, it's really important that um, people that are going through um, the candidate experience for us um, experience the absolute best of what both we can offer as an employer, um, but also the best of kind of technology um, that we can use as well. And I'm guessing that um, particularly with you guys being a retailer, um, that's kind of critical because I'm sure all of these people are, are probably your customers as well because, let's face it, ev everyone needs a sofa. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, this is probably the uh, the $64 million point. You know, I mean, we did a little bit of analysis similar to a lot of retailers that, you know, our candidates can be our customers and our customers can be our candidates. And I think um, I carried out a little bit of analysis earlier in the year. So say, for example, if we have 10 negative candidate experiences per week, our average order value is just over uh, £1,300. Um, if that happens per week over the space of one year as a business we potentially lost out on £676,000 of potential revenue which for an SME like ourselves it, you know it, it could spell disaster really. Absolutely I can see I can see why that would be so important. So what 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 did you do once you kind of done this analysis um what, what did you did you look at your current candidate experience what what was your what was your sort of process um from from this point 
We did, yes. Yeah. So we we wanted to make sure that you know, in order for us to really kind of evaluate our kind of experience and improve it, we needed to know exactly what it looked like. Um, so using a lot of and what's coming out of, um, in particular, the US in terms of um, how a kind of experience looks like now. It's very similar to a consumer journey. So you'll have things like awareness, consideration, interest. And then after that initial marketing period, um, they'll come into what we all know is a recruiting process. So things like the application, the select, and the higher stage. So we, um, we spent a lot of money on some post-it notes from Staples and we actually mapped out every point of the candidate experience and more importantly the different ways that they can enter that so for example you know the career side events uh, our own talent pooling when it comes to the assessment stage is it's an assessment center is it a video interview um, eat right through to the onboarding stage so when we offer a candidate what happens then you know do we keep in contact do we invite them to social events? Can we send them any content on our business to kind of already um, starting to build that emotional link? And it was a really, really powerful exercise because for the first time as a business, we had total control of that candidate experience because we knew exactly what was happening and when and what the potential impact would be. And what what were the sort of particular problems that you spotted? And uh, even more importantly, how did you go about fixing them? Because I think that um, lots of companies will acknowledge they have problems with their candidate experience, but they don't necessarily um, know what they should do to um, to fix them. So when we started to kind of look around how we collated CVs, because we are a retail organization and we do get a lot of um, passive interest from candidates who will just walk into a store, have a CV, we found that some store managers were actually holding quite ad hoc interviews, which you know, you're in a busy store, there's customers everywhere, and then you're being taken to the side just by a store manager. So that that, that, that was a key thing. And we also found um, that the, the quality of the actual um, hiring process from an interview perspective was very varied. So you had some hiring managers that were great interviewers, could really settle a candidate down, um, ask questions in a really well-pitched way, or you had some hiring managers that didn't make the candidate feel comfortable, didn't follow any kind of structure. And because his or her interviewing style wasn't adequate enough, they were getting the information that they needed. Therefore, potentially the candidate was being rejected for the, uh, for the wrong reasons. So for me, those, the, those two key elements potentially could be destroying our candidate experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how did you go about um, improving them? So the first, um, the first um, part of it, when our ATS went fully mobile, it meant that the, the hiring managers could actually use their phone or their iPad to log any ad hoc applications there and then. Um, so that meant they, they, they'd go through the standard process, the standard assessment centre, meaning that every candidate, whether they've applied via Reed, Total Jobs, or they've been into our Leicester store have the same assessment process the the second problem took a little bit more time um, and a little bit more thinking but we actually created a um, a hiring managers um, development course 
which covered various topics such as um, how to interview in terms of the questions that you're using, um, how, to, how to review a CV, um, what type of feedback that we need for either a successful or an unsuccessful candidate. Um, and what we actually do in Outsophology is a hiring manager can't hold an interview unless they have passed this training. So now we know that everybody who assesses within the business are at a consistent level, which is, it, it's, it's empowered us to you know, kind of trust that when somebody in IT or marketing or finance holds an interview, we know exactly what they're doing because they've all been on the same training scheme. That's great. That makes perfect sense. Was there, um, was there anything else that you were doing around candidate feedback? Were there any other parts of the process that, that sort of needed improvement where you, where you took some, some kind of action? Yeah, massively. So uh, I think all recruiters will hear this, but there's nothing worse than getting a simple no on an email or when you meet somebody face-to-face. So when we receive feedback now from hiring managers, you know, part of the training scheme is we talk about the employer brand and what can happen if we don't successfully feed back to candidates um, so now we you know we make sure that we get very objective uh, very objective feedback um, that we can pass on to unsuccessful candidates because you know as as candidates we have all been there and there's nothing worse than just getting a quite non-human like no email or a no over voicemail so in terms of feedback every assessed candidate now receives full verbal and written feedback um, and we will also offer additional feedback if they require it and the the actual response from the response from the business has been really positive because now they can see that it's not just a paper exercise but we are promoting and, and kind of trying to improve our employer brand by making sure that, you know, candidates might not have been successful for sophology, but because they've received this feedback, hopefully they will be successful in their next application. That's fantastic. And I suppose the next question is how, um, you know, how are you sort of measuring candidate satisfaction? Is that something that you're, that you're looking at, that you're able to, able to find data on? Um, so we've got a little bit um, of a, an unfair advantage of a, a, probably a couple of other organisations. So our ATS um, actually has a, um, a tool in there where we can ask candidates feedback. So we really wanted to measure what the experience of our customers in store. So when a customer goes into a store, purchases a sofa, they will get a text message asking to rate their experience through a MPS system. So we do the exact same for our candidates. So we created a wide range of questions, questions such as um, can you rate the, ti- uh, the, the timelines involved? Um, how would you rate the quality of information provided before the interview? And um, how would you rate the salary? Lot- loads of kind of different questions, both, qualitative, uh, both on a qualitative and quantitative basis. But the killer question is overall, how would you rate your experience? It's a simple not to 10 um, NPS question. And for me, that will tell us if they've enjoyed the experience, they will promote it, and if not, they will detract it, thus kind of damaging our employer brand. Um, We make sure that it was fully optimized for both mobile as well, uh, and we actually review this on a daily basis, which means we have real um, live emotive feedback that we can go away and hopefully improve what we're doing. And how have the results been? 
Um, not going to lie, there are a couple of uh, talk early issues to start with. I mean, I think any organisation that does this has to realise that there is there will be quite a lot of rough with the smooth. Um, you know, I think we... Um, one example we kept when we started using the system, there was quite a lot of comments saying candidates weren't really unsure of the, the overall process or what was going to happen. So when we revamped our career site back in March, we created a useful stuff tab, um, put together a couple of PDFs explaining the whole process start to finish, what is involved, and a very simple um, chart of if you're coming in for this role, you'll have a psychometric. If you're coming in for this role, it's a presentation. Just so candidates know everything that will be accept, uh, uh, expected of them through the, through the hiring process. And what advice would you give to another organisation who is embarking on a, on a similar candidate experience improvement journey? I think for me, um, I think you have to be very honest about what you do. I think you will get a lot of negative um, feedback from candidates. I think you need to be really kind of open to receiving that because it's like anything, you know, <laughs> the, the, the old phrase is feedback, in, it, feedback is a gift. And I think with this exercise, it really, really is. Um, I think that's one thing. But another thing um, would also, I think it's really important to leverage uh, what I call the basics um, versus the hype. So there are some amazing um, pieces of technology that you can use to en en enhance your candidate experience, such as video interviewing, uh, real-time onboarding. Um, I've seen a number of apps that are either being made or in the, uh, in the process of being made. But if you don't provide feedback or you've got a hiring manager that is, uh, that is asking the wrong type of question in an interview scenario, you're kind of doing all the way the cool stuff by not doing the basics. So I think that's a really important piece of, you know, as well as doing all the cool sexy stuff, don't forget the basics of good recruitment, things like, you know, interview etiquette, providing good feedback and making sure um, that you kind of stick to the timelines that you, um, that you probably told the candidate about the, the start of the journey, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, that's just a hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent agree with you. I think that um, one of the, I suppose one of the issues that we face in our sector is that there is so much innovation and uh, cool stuff and uh, technology coming on board. And I think that uh, sometimes people get uh, a bit blindsided by that and forget about um, the, the core things that they, the core things that they need to do. Um, and I suppose that leads me kind of on to my final question, my, fi my final question, which is, um, it, what's kind of on your radar at the moment from 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 what you're looking at in terms of uh you know technology and the way that recruitment's moving um what would you hope to be sort of using or or um integrating into your into your strategy in sort of 18 months time so i think for me the the big thing that i really want to um kind of start kicking off is also we have an ats but I really want to take um, some of the good work that is happening in the US, for example, at the moment around CRM. So, you know, really kind of uh, build on the employer brand by using a real live CRM system where you can, you know, submit all types of, ca uh, all, uh, all types of uh, content um, and really concentrate on kind of getting the, the leads and turning them hopefully into successful hires because I think I said at the beginning, you know, over the past 12 months, I've come to the realization that everything that we do now is very marketing and employer brand uh, uh, led. 
um, very similar to the consumer world. So I think if we can take a little bit of the, the, the CRM technology, um, and I also think we need to probably look at how our um, technology process works from start to finish. I know um, I think I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago whereby people looking for the Amazon effect, whereby I think from start to finish it's something like five clicks. Uh, we're probably a little bit away from that, but I think you know all organisations need to look at you know, how long does it take for a candidate to apply. Um, there's so much choice out there, you know, that if the uh, if the technology or the process isn't to their liking, um, they'll probably kind of jump off and we'll lose them in that funnel. So I think for me, it's kind of looking at that kind of whole kind of CRM employer branding piece, and kind of making sure that we can use that for attraction purposes. Ben, thank you very much for talking to me. No problem. Pleasure, Matt. Take care. My thanks to Ben Gledhill. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.